Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. There's a touch of madness around here. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Is this a fundamental approach at the plate where he's just struggling? Or, or what do you see? That, you know? uh, it's just, you know, I I can only say that it, 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 he seems to be really having a hard time recognizing pitches. Um, you know, the, the chase on the sliders we've seen repetitively. Um, you know, I know he was out early trying to work and, and clean things up and try to start staying on the ball and use the other side of the field, all those type of things. You know, tonight um, took three pitches, first step bad, and then he, you know, kind of got started too early, didn't recognize the changeup and hit into double play. So, you know, he's, he's, just, he's just trying to fight through it. But, you know, if you're not picking up pitches and not swinging at strikes, it's, it's you know, that's what makes it really difficult. Look at you asking the tough questions to Paul Molitor. Well, I was writing about Do you want to be here, Paul? Figured, Do you really want to be really here? Do you really want to be here? And the answer right now might be a very solid no. No, I want to be at the bar. <laughs> Poor Molly takes these guys out uh, before the game last Thursday, before they start a series against Cleveland, takes them out to second base, gathers them around and says, look, fundamentally, we're a mess right now, right? Mm -hmm. So let's clean things up because I am known as one of the best fundamental baseball players of all time. I am in the Hall of Fame partially because my ability to run the bases and recognize situations was off the charts good. So let's clean this crap up. Yeah. And he gets, and he immediately gets a pathetic performance against Cleveland, followed by three wins, which is impressive. And now these last two games against the Chicago Bleep and White. Hector Santiago beat you. How about that? Hector Santiago. Oh, gosh. Should we give him a call? Should we see if we can get Hector on the show today? He'd come on today. Just shoot him a text. Oh, he'd come on. To, oh, hey, guys, <laughs> great to join you. Yeah, let's talk about my victory. There was a lot of loud contact made last night, too. Yeah. An eminently winnable game. Yeah, well, all these games against the White Sox should be yes. should be more than just winnable if, you wanna, if you're planning on playing a postseason game in October. So I showed up to the ballpark yesterday. We were going to – actually, Derek and I were going to record a Touch Em All episode. We, were gonna, we bumped it back to, to today. We, he was down in the clubhouse – I was up in the press box at like two forty-five or three o'clock. This is for a seven o'clock game. It's and usually it's kind of a ghost town. But my favorite, and I don't want to. I think he's okay with me telling this anecdote because it wasn't meant to be like shared publicly. But I think he would be okay with me sharing this. Jack Morris sometimes will get there when he's doing the Fox Sports North pre and post game show or the color commentary, and he'll get there at like two or three o'clock and just start prepping and sitting in the press box and scouts will trickle in and you know they all know jack and vice versa and he'll just get into story mode have you ever been there early yes. when jack gets into yes. story mode it's fantastic and, yes and he's super crusty and i just 
I really enjoy listening. Sometimes on the broadcast, I, I can roll my eyes at him and Bert for just being the back-in-my-day bunch too much. But uh, but Jack told a story about, I, I don't think it was Sparky Anderson, but I guess I mean, maybe it was. Somebody during his heyday, maybe it was Sparky, Yeah, makes sense. Ha- had the idea, this is three or four decades ago, that they were going to implement, they have 12 pitchers, and they were going to implement a system where each pitcher went three innings, and you'd pitch three days on, one day off, or whatever, two days on and a day off. And you just have a conveyor belt giving teams different looks, three innings, three innings, three innings. So three pitchers would be slated for each day. And uh, and and he brought this up as a way to say, like, hey, the Rays aren't the only team that's like thinking outside the box, and the Astros and their minor league system we were thinking about doing this way back in the day, back in the whatever, the, the 80s. And his question back to the person who proposed this was, okay, what happens if somebody screws things up or just can't get out of an inning and you're up to 50 pitches in, in an inning and it's just the wheels are off, whatever. And, and, and he said, well, you just have to find a way to grind through it. There's going to be games. <laughs> and Jack said, well, all due respect, I will be able to grind my way through it because... I'm very good and very confident. What happens with some of the other guys? And that kind of led into this discussion about how, and and this is where I disagree with him a little bit. Uh, you know, pitchers aren't trained to push deep into games anymore, or to or to to weather some storm and stay in a game and go seven or eight innings. They're and, far more specialized. Yes. Yeah, and and he brought up a great point too, which is, hey, I was going 250 innings, and the guys before the generation before me, those guys were going 300 innings, 340 innings, right? Yes. So why is it that if arms didn't fall off when guys are going 350 innings 80 years ago, yep. and arms didn't fall off when pitchers were pitching 250 to 300 innings in my day, why are we so concerned about arms falling off, a guy going 7-8 innings and, and throwing closer to 300 innings now? And again, I don't know if it's about... I think it's more just if you're willing to shave 50 innings off of a starting pitch, you know, if, if you have, let's say 1500 innings in a season to get through or whatever the math is, and you could either give 300 innings to a starter who's pretty good, or you could give 200 innings to that guy and right. divvy up a hundred innings between some relievers who throw 97 miles an hour. Um, I, I, my, I guess my grand point here is I understand that logic and I agree that, Arms wouldn't fall off if we trained pitchers to pitch 250-plus innings again. I just don't think it's optimal strategy anymore. I don't think it's about being a tough guy and you're a wuss and we were tough guys back in the day. I think it's people in front offices and on field staff saying, wait, strategically this doesn't make any sense, short-term or long-term. Yeah, baseball's just completely changed. Correct. It, it, yeah. th- this is. I, I think we get way too caught up in the old-school, new-school arguments on, on philosophy and how things should be and i think what we lose sight of and this is not just true in baseball this is more true in all sports now specialization specialization of what you do what you do well in the era into into when jack pitched and especially before him if you came in if if you came out of the bullpen in the sixth you were one thing in your life a failed starter you were a failure you had failed you had failed to start and basically a team said, you're good enough to be in the bigs, but you can't start. And so when we have to, we'll pitch you. You are a last resort. Now, e- even if you're a failed starter, you've slotted into a role in which you, in which you have found success. 
If you are, if you're a failure in baseball now, guess what? You're not going to stick. So I think we get into these, these big philosophical discussions, especially with the old school baseball people about, well, in my day, they, you know, Nolan would throw 200 pitches and not blink. But our information now, our thought process, everything says, yeah, but it's not necessary. Now, now where there could be debate is, is the specialization does slow games down. And so that could certainly be a different discussion. But if you are just of the old school, that's sort of like saying, you know what? You know what I really liked? Fourth line guys that could fight. And I don't care if they could score goals. And I don't give a damn what else they could do. But if I wanted to send a message, I'd send my fourth line out there. Okay, but that player's extinct now. So so I think what we lose sight of is the fact that this isn't so much, it doesn't have to be a debate about from old and new school fans or players. What this is is, Specialization of sports has changed sports. And and the other thing that you cannot deny is the athlete in 2018 is superior to the vast majority of people that played in 1978. Yeah, yeah. It's just that. It, and there's also the like there's just, you know, if, if your investment is now potentially $50 million as opposed to whatever it would have been in the 80s. And I get that, you know. Let, let take inflation into account, but even even with that factoring in, there's just more money tied up into some of these prospects and some of these assets. You're going to be a little bit more conservative with the way that you go about their usage. So that factors in. Um, I, I was it Buster only. I know was it you or Dave before the show found an article. I just uh, found it dur- during the the show. Okay, Buster only saying yes. that uh, that there that you should have a four pitcher limit in order to. Speed up again to speed up the game, and and so Terry Francona can't run four pitchers out for four batters. Well, if you did that, and that would be a pretty extreme thing to do, that would drastically change strategy because you'd want to make sure. Sometimes there's games where you need seven or eight pitchers, especially if you go into extra innings, right? So you'd want to make sure that your guys are multi-inning eaters. You'd probably have a staff of instead of five starters and seven relievers, you'd probably have like two. Two guys that you relied on as horses, and then the rest have to be versatile and be able to go four or five innings. But you'd also have to put in some sort of a mechanism to prevent against. Oh, my arm hurts! I got to come out of the game. Which you, is what the you immediate can't, problem would be, because you can't force guys to stay in if they've got some kind of an elbow thing right. flaring up, right? Where okay, well, if we're going to pull you out of the game and put a fifth pitcher in, then that pitcher who came out of the game has to go on the DL for ten days, right? So I don't know. These conversations, I'm glad that we're having these conversations because I think we're going to get to a spot in baseball where things do look a little bit different, whether it's mandated by the league or whether it's just teams operating differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and there there was a scout in the press box yesterday, too, just bitching about the Rays bullpen, start the start the game with a bullpen guy because the, they had a guy give up like five runs in the first inning yesterday and then they, they got beat 11-2. to two. <laughs> And he's using that one example. Well, it's going to happen, right? But if you're the Rays and and you just don't have revenue coming in, and you're your bottom of the barrel payroll, and there's no, you know, there's no salary cap and floor to level things out. Yeah. If you're just lining up your players against the Yankees, you're pretty rarely going to, unless unless you have David Price and Chris Archer in every rotation, which was probably not going to happen long term. I don't know. Can I t- tell you my favorite thing about about the game last night? Without a doubt. This is clear cut, and it's old school baseball, and it was awful to watch, but it's hysterical at the same time. The work of CB Buckner behind oh the plate. Oh my god! See, CB, you you are he's a joke. You are the lethal weapon umpire. He's yeah, <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. Yes, <laughs> whatever that was. You are. It is. He is. I can't even describe it. Well, he's not he's good at umping. Calling yes. He's calling everything. 
He's calling everything, and he does it. But the best part about CB is he's wrong half the time, but he's completely emboldened. He's completely, he makes those strike calls like you are, you would, are the most sure positive person in the world that that's a strike. Yes. And then they show the Fox tracks things and it's, it's high. It's at the top. It's low. He doesn't, he's flipping coins and everything. And, yeah. and players turn around and look at him like, I want to yell, but you'll toss me if I yell and you're so bad. It's not going to help if I yell at you. So I'll just calmly walk back. Yes. That's what show. they do. Uh, Miguel Sano, not in the lineup this afternoon. Logan Morrison is back in. He's playing first base. Robbie Grossman playing right field, batting fourth, if you're wondering about the Twins lineup today. that's. Well, I'm sorry, go back and tell me the, second, the, the last part of that. Robbie Grossman is is playing right field and batting, I'm sorry, fifth for the Twins today. Okay. And then it goes Garver, Lemaire, Adrianza, and Bobby Wilson. Is Garver catching again? Oh, no, Bobby Wilson. Garver's DHing, so they have both catchers in their lineup today. Oh, Gardy would be very nervous. Very nervous. Oh, <laughs> yuck. Uh, we're going to okay. come back, get some scoopage from Doogie, and then Roy Smalley will join in about an hour and 15 minutes from now. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. Hang on a second. On 1500 ESPN. Yep. Mackie and Judd now continue. Ready to be back in business or what? On 1500 ESPN. And this portion of Mackie and Judd brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Proud sponsor of The Beer Show, 6 to 7 tonight on 1500 ESPN. All right. Doogie's in the house. It's Scoop Time on the Mackie and Judd Show. You can find his Scoop podcast anywhere you would download podcasts. 1500ESPN.com is always a great place to find it. Uh, you had you caught up with Kirk Cousins. Was that at the golf event yesterday? No, it was at the Egan facility okay. on, what is today, Thursday? It would have been on Tuesday afternoon. Every TV station in town got a few minutes with him. So with Joe Schmidt on the DL, out after back surgery, hopefully back by early July. Chris Long with some night commitments. Yeah. It was on me, so I had a good time sitting down with Kirk. So we talked some football, but actually a lot of non-football. I mean, this will be his first Father's Day coming up here in a couple Sundays. So we talked about fatherhood, what his dad, his dad is a cancer survivor, what his dad means to him. We talked about his, you know, his his charity, International Justice Mission, not his charity, but his his charity of choice. It has a big presence here in the Twin Cities, but that him and his wife are also looking for some other charities that could actually use a ton of help. International Justice Mission doesn't need a ton of help. We got into some football, too. I mean, I talked about how you know he's really successful in the play action. I found Matt Collar that day, and I said, Hey, Matt, I mean, I'm not much of an X's and O's guy. Throw me something I can talk to Kirk about. And he goes, you know, ask him about play action. So, I mean, play action is going to be a big part of the Vikings offense. So, in terms of football, that was the football knowledge I got from him. We should show Doogie Kirk Cousins' online store on his website. Where yeah, he has, where he, has he has t-shirts that say, you Vike that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's got a special K&C uh, design. He's got his own logo. A $69 yeah. v- value available right now for only 54 Doogie. The if Father's you jump Day on his bundle. Father's, Day Father's Day bundle. Offer. Uh, slightly more expensive than Latavius Murray t-shirts. I sat down with Murray a week ago, which is on episode, Scoop Podcast episode, 149 and off camera i was talking to him about his t-shirts and he's like yeah i'm losing a lot of money i saw him trying oh, to golf man. too i, yeah, I, I mean they're good. down to like 10 bucks i'm like you know latavius maybe here with father's day maybe as we get into the season maybe you can earn some of that money back but yeah he goes i spent way too much <laughs> you, money on those shirts <laughs> you guys though you guys downstairs showing the poor guy's golf shot which made me feel good about my basketball shot oh i don't know about that 
Latavius Murray trying to golf was pretty ugly. You should never feel good about your basketball yeah, I, shot. I'm yeah. looking for any justification possible <laughs> to feel good about my basketball shot, okay? Here's the beauty. Murray actually played in the event last year, so it's not like this was his first time swinging clubs. But yes, if you go to KSTP.com or at KSTP Sports on Twitter, we put the video out there. Yeah, I mean, he played it up to the camera. Make no mistake about that, but... But yeah, it was so, it so was atrociously I, bad. So <laughs> yeah, did I. Yeah, exactly. I played that. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's jump. I can't believe that. By the way, is what? this my first time in studio since the video came out? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I bet on you making one three. Like I thought you knew how to shoot a basketball. I've been working on it since then. I, bought, I you bought a basketball. Why didn't you tell me? As I'm betting, as I'm as I'm talking in this studio, saying, "Hey, you'll make one because out of twenty-seven." You didn't, you didn't be quiet long enough to listen to me say I'm not going to make any. Which are one are I told you insulting you? my listening skills? Which one I told you? Which one I told you? Laura and I both want you to listen more, okay? Mrs. Oh, Do- Mrs. Doogie and I both think you, that you should me. listen more. Uh, all right, Wolf, let's do some Wolves. Uh, it's, it's never too early for... We're, we're less than a month away from the league year opening up of the NBA. I'm going to give you six names courtesy of our friend Britt Robson, The Athletic. You take these six names, do whatever you want with them, and then add whatever you want to this, okay? These are... These are guys that could potentially fit the three and or D, maybe both with a couple of them, and underneath that $8 million mid-level exception mark. Wayne Ellington, Tyreek Evans, Will Barton, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, kind of like him, Avery Bradley, Joe Harris. We've talked well, about Bradley on this show. I mean, I can go any number of directions. Caldwell-Pope was Flip's guy, remember, back in the day. Actually, Oladipo was his guy that draft, but he couldn't get high enough. He was praying. That was a Mohammed draft, right? And Caldwell Pope went, what, a pick before the Wolves picked to Detroit. But that was Flip's guy. I mean, he's been pretty good. I mean, he shot the ball really well for the Lakers this year. He did. I don't know if he'd come here. He's a starter. He's a 33-minute guy. Yeah, where does he start here? He doesn't he's start like, here. He's better than Wiggins right now. He doesn't have the upside of Wiggins, but he's better than Wiggins right now. I would still bet on Wiggins long-term. Not that Caldwell Pope is an old guy, but I would still I bet 25. on Wiggins' potential. Long term, they did not have interest in Tyreek Evans a year ago. I think they made one sort of let me just reach out phone call just to see, just to gauge the market. But there really wasn't strong interest when Evans was available a year ago. Not that that couldn't change, but just as a reference point that this front office didn't really pursue Tyreek Evans a year ago. Avery Bradley makes a ton of sense, but uh, you know, but again, I mean, I talked about him last week with you guys. He does. Can you find a way to still get him 28 to 31, 32 minutes? We, I mean, that's where Kings needs to bend a little bit. We can in this room. But. Yeah, I mean, I think we can. Yeah, I mean, we absolutely can. I mean, he's my guy. I mean, I think he's really, really good. I think he's an excellent defender. He fought some injuries this past year. He can shoot the ball. I'm a big Avery Bradley fan. If you can get him for the mid-level, that would be a big-time win. That would be my number one target. Wolves news? They have a free agent camp this weekend. I mean, we're not talking household names, but a guy like Quincy Miller, he's been in the league before. What was he, like a Denver draft pick? Baylor kid, played with Sacramento. Can he shoot threes or play defense? Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, some of the names I've heard, I mean, it's it's wing types. I mean, you think about all the homework they're doing on draft prospects. You know, Dante DiVincenzo in town earlier this week. You know, Bruce Brown of Miami in town earlier this week. Josh Okuji of Georgia Tech in town earlier this week. Grayson Allen doing either, might have been in town yesterday, or maybe it's today, maybe it's tomorrow. Jacob Evans of Cincinnati in town early next week. There's a belief that Bates Diop from Ohio State in town soon. Gary Trent Jr. in town 
for sure soon. Kyrie Thomas of Creighton, in town soon. Robinson from Boston College, in town soon. If they end up keeping the 20th pick, I would be surprised if they don't take a wing. And then, yeah, based on the free agents they're bringing into town this weekend, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be some fours, maybe a five, maybe a one. I mean, the USC point guard, Melton, is due in town soon for a workout. So, I mean, they're looking at some of those other positions, but it is pretty clear that their number one priority this offseason is to add not one wing, multiple wings. How active do you think they'll be in trade talks? And then which players are most likely going to be brought up in those talks from from either side? Well, I mean, just I mean, going back to the trade, trade deadline. Right? Yeah, I mean, going back to February, I mean, Gorgie Jang was available. Now he's got three years. What is it? $42 million left. You can't give him away. I mean, I've said this before, but I'll reiterate it now. I know teams that really like Gorgie Jang. He's a good player. I don't know one team that likes the contract. <laughs> Which and, used to be a great hey, contract. It was. I Two mean, I told ago. you guys at the time. Yes. In this studio, I told you guys when he signed, four years, 62. Remember, his agent was was thinking, hey, look at the Gobert money. Look at the Steve Adams money. Not that Gorgie is those guys, but he shouldn't be $40 million less than those guys. Those yeah. are $100 million guys. They were aiming for 70 to $72 million. Then Glenn Taylor came in last second, talked about Gorgie being able to help Senegal, doing all this other work in Africa. Glenn Taylor convinced Gorgie at the last second. The agent was saying, don't sign the deal. And it's actually good he signed it because he would not have gotten that money a year later. But it was Glenn Taylor who sealed the deal at the end, getting Gorgie to sign four years, $62 million. And I told you at the time, because I thought the cap would keep going up, up, and up, I told you guys, I thought that was a really good deal. It was a team-friendly deal. But at this point, with the cap not going anywhere, it is a bad deal. So I don't know one team, unless you're taking back a ton of money. I mean, if you're taking back $40-plus million, you can move him. It's not like he's untradeable. There are certain contracts, like Luol Dang can't be traded. Like, the Lakers will have to end up stretching him. They can get out from under the contract, stretch out the cap hits. Like, you can't trade Luau Dang. The Wolves really want to. They can trade Gorgie Jang. They just need to take back a ton of money. So Gorgie would be atop that list. I mean, do I think they'll listen on Wiggins? I do. But then does Glenn Taylor approve a Wiggins deal? I do think the front office was more open I hope he than ownership in the Kyrie Irving talks. I do. But it just it never got to the point of anything getting super serious because my sense is ownership stepped in and said no. We're not moving Andrew Wiggins. We are keeping Andrew Wiggins. Go for football. With uh, Vic Fermatos now going back to his junior college in California to play linebacker, what can you tell us about this uh, young man's brief experience here on campus? Well, here's what's interesting. So he's going back to that same junior college. He actually lives at home when he's at that junior college. So when did the semester end? Like early to mid-May? Yeah, somewhere in there. So he went back home. He was home for like one to two weeks. Got homesick. Got homesick. Oh. And he also knew. I mean, it's easy to get homesick when you are buried on the depth chart. Like, he was clearly number three after spring practice. Zach Anikstead, Tanner Morgan, clearly above him. And oh, by the way, you look at Kirk Shiraka's offense the last handful of years, even going back to Western Michigan, those quarterbacks take hits. Like, it's 99.9%, I would bet on this, that both Morgan and Anikstead will play this year. Yeah. What's unfortunate is the idea was with Viramontis that even if Morgan won the job, that Vic would get some snaps this year 
that you could redshirt Zach Anikstead. At this point, it doesn't look like that's a possibility at all. By the way, remember that name. He's from southern Minnesota. He was the quarterback at IMG Academy. I heard you guys talking about him Mm -hmm. with Chip Scoggins. I am telling you, they think the world of him. Mm -hmm. He worked with the guys at the Quarterback Institute in the West Metro. And I know those guys, Grant and those guys, they love this kid. I'm just telling you, I know those guys to the point of they wouldn't lead me in that direction if they didn't really believe in this kid. They've worked with this kid going back multiple years. They love him. He had an offer from Pittsburgh. I think Illinois or Cincinnati came in. He had Power 5 offers. He said no to those offers to be a preferred walk-on here. Now, he'll eventually be on scholarship. But right now, Zach Anikstead is a walk-on. But I'm just telling you. Remember that name. He is a bright future. So is that one more question off the the Gophers quarterback situation? It's obviously a whiff. It's a it's a recruiting whiff and oh, it's, a, it's a whiff. But is yes. it is it more of a whiff and an indictment on Viramontes and the evaluation of him? Or is there the other part of this too would be that maybe they've hit on a couple of young guys that they that are better than people thought or that they like a lot? Um or how would you weigh that sort of that scale? I mean both. I mean I'll also say this, this is my commentary. It's unfortunate that kids quit so easily. He was here for six months. Yeah. Toughen it out. I get it. If you're number three after a full year, maybe this time next year, then okay. Then I understand it to a degree. But to quit, I mean, that's what he did. He quit. He quit on his teammates. Mm-hmm. To quit six months in after 15 spring practices, give me a break. But yeah, I mean, I think they did a good job landing Anikstead. You know, Tanner Morgan was a big-time winner in high school. He doesn't have great size, but he won at a really high level. Really good competition in high school. So he has a chance. I mean, he's been here for a year, so he's the retro freshman. So I do think, I'm with Chip, I mean, opening night, I do think Tanner Morgan takes the first snap of the season. But I'm just telling you, Anikstead will play this year. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a miscalculation all around. I mean, they should have realized how much he is attached to Southern California. Like, just to think about just the personal adjustment. Could it work? I mean, the competition he played at that JUCO, and he'll continue to play, is not good. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I think there's blame all around. But I'm just telling you, on the kid himself, why do kids quit so easily? That bugs me. Yeah. In quick fashion, final scoops, including one on Byron Buxton. Byron Buxton had an MRI. You know, Molly talked loosely about Buxton yesterday. He did not say this. So, here's the scoop part of it. He had an MRI a few days ago. It revealed that same crack in his toe. So before he was playing through the crack, remember I told you, he couldn't use his lower body. He was playing through a ton of pain. At this point, he's not playing anytime soon. That crack needs to heal. That crack is whack. (laughs) So I'm just telling you. I mean, I don't have, there is no timetable. If you talk to Twins folks, if you talk to Buxton Camp folks, there is no timetable because they don't know exactly when that crack will heal. But at this point, he will wait for the crack to heal. He's not playing through the crack anymore. And when it does heal, I would bet that he goes on a rehab assignment. So we're still looking at a while until Buxton is back in the Twins lineup. Thanks, Doogie. All right, boys. Doogie Doogie. from uh, 5 Eyewitness News and the Scoop Podcast. Go download. He's got all kinds of great interviews. Kirk Cousins. Find his chat with Kirk Cousins. All right, how's the voice stuff? How are we doing? Oh, we're doing all right. Okay, the voice is kind of back today. What's Stuff got for us? Stuff will bring you plenty of other voices, including Stephen A., a lot from Charles Barkley, and the biggest disappointment last night during the basketball game didn't happen during the game at all. 
The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. I'll be there ASAP. Where you going ASAP? You better be back ASAP. On 1500 ESPN. Bill Mackie, Judd Zolgad. Dripping in sex appeal. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. And Stuff You Should Know About is sponsored by Firestone Complete Auto Care. Come into Firestone Complete Auto Care for our epic sales event and get $100 off any purchase of $500 or more. Whatever you drive, drive a Firestone. Restrictions and exclusions apply. Details at Firestone.com. It's actually driveafirestone.com. Sorry. Twin City sports fans are chanting for right now. Mackie and Judd continue with stuff you should know about. I want to know. I didn't know about this, did you? Wow. New intro, baby. I always love it when we get surprised with the new intro. New, new intro, intro, baby. The voice is back for Dave. This is all coming together today. It's good enough today. We'll call this good enough. And birds still flying into the side of U.S. Bank Stadium. Ah, it's okay. Some things never change. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Stuff. Here we go. Voice is back. Let's start with before the game yesterday. Long before the game in the wee hours of the morning. Not quite the wee hours, but good enough. It was morning. It was first take time. On ESPN. It was first take time live from Cleveland with a studio audience. And we had Stephen A. Dropping bombs and then getting angry about the bombs he dropped. But I will tell you that LeBron James will have a conversation with the Golden State Warriors this summer. That is one of the teams that he will have a conversation with. That's right, I said it. LeBron James, I'm I'm telling you what I know. You're trying to renegotiate and get Klay Thompson signed this summer, but he's already, his daddy's already been on a record. He ain't trying to sign something right now. Draymond Green has two years left, so he's an asset you want to keep in the event that you don't get LeBron. But if you can get LeBron and you have to sacrifice something, one would deduce you can't keep everybody, and chances are you're willing to lose too. And since Kevin Durant ain't that dude, and Steph Curry ain't that dude, and Klay Thompson is looking to re-up for max dollars potentially, and Draymond Green is going to look to get paid as well in two years. You have a situation where Klay and Draymond could be gone because LeBron arrived. I don't see that happening. I don't believe that's going to happen. As a matter of fact, if it did happen, I'm trying to tell you right now, I will go to hell off. I will be apoplectic. Make no mistake about it. <laughs> what? What just okay, happened? Wait, so he floated reckless speculation yes. of the of the most aggressive kind, mind <laughs> oh, you. I mean, and then and then almost like ranted about. The yes. aggressive, reckless speculation. The temerity. <laughs> the unmitigated goal. So, but at first he said this will happen. He will have the conversation. You know what? All right. I ho- I, here's what he has said. If this, if this happens, and this would, this would be the only reason why they would do this, if they would take a super team and make it a super-duper team, is that what it would be, a super-duper team? Yeah, I think super so. Duper team. Oh, super-duper-duper. Duper. The goal has to be 82-0. and 0. And if they state that to be their goal, 82-0 and 0 and sweep the entire postseason. So listen, this is going to... I know you guys are going to think this is crazy. I'm LeBron James. I'm taking my talents to the Bay Area not to win championships. Like, that will be a foregone conclusion. It's obviously we're going to win the championship. The stated goal is to win every single game on our schedule. All 82 regular season and all 16 postseason games. Not once, not twice, not three times. <laughs> 
But would, hold, that, wait. that would be sort of fun. This, 98, no. This show, this show <laughs> just got a graduate degree in reckless speculation. We did. So what we need to do next... Reckless speculation. Is recklessly speculate on something and then tear apart what we just speculated <laughs> yeah. on as if it was about to happen. <laughs> I will go off. Paul Molitor could be fired as manager of the Twins. But if he is, let me tell you right now, I will go after the poll ads like no one ever has before. We just got a degree in reckless speculation was, from Stephen. That was a master class. <gasps> a master class right there. Charles Barkley was on fire last night, hanging out with Chris Weber, Grant Hill, and Casey Stern at a desk post-game. One of the great lines he was asked, you know, if you ever thought the Cavs had a chance to win this game or win a game in the series, and he said slim to none, and slim just got shot. I thought that was outstanding. He was also criticized about what was going on with his wardrobe. The three of us have buttoned our jackets. True. And someone can't button his. I can button my jacket, but I won't be comfortable. Are you sure? I can, how much you want to bet? Is this like, what is it, the OJ case? Well, I'll suck, <laughs> I'll suck this big gut in so hard. <laughs> Well, you made an OJ glove reference that there. Was good. It's aggressive. A little dated by now, but still pretty solid. You wouldn't want to be anywhere uh, within like 30 feet of the front of Charles when he tries to. Boom. Yeah, the button will put a hole in your forehead. I also found this very interesting from Charles. He had this to say about Cleveland. You see, I've never seen a team that dumb in my life. No, <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I mean that seriously. I mean that lovingly. We, no, no, seriously. I mean that with all the warmth. <laughs> For the same play to work that many times, that's just stupidity. And you have to blame the players to a certain degree and the coaches. To run a simple play like that and get a layup every single time, that's just dumb and stupid, plain and simple. I've never seen a team that dumb in my life. Sounds familiar. Hmm. That sounds pretty familiar. It does sound familiar. Think back about, oh, month and a half? Seven months ago, whenever these playoffs began. (laughs) Three years, whatever it's been. Well, let me just say this one thing about the, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They got to be one of the dumbest teams I've ever seen in my life. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. So he, let's play, play the Wolves clip again. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me just say this one thing about the, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They got to be one of the dumbest teams I've ever seen right, so in my life. He said one of the dumbest teams. He did say that. One of the dumbest teams. Times. Casey. I've never seen a team that dumb in my life. Okay, so he's taken all the teams that look dumb, and the Wolves are one of them. <laughs> like, the Wolves were like a dumb finalist. And he's got them down to the dumbest of the dumb. Yep. Woo! Yes. Get some cold cuts. Get some cold cuts. Get some cold cuts. Woo! Okay. So, listen very closely here. Very closely. Can you identify what that sound was? I'll give it to you one more time. Oh, yes. The red panda falling off the unicycle. Yes. yes. Oh, no. What happened here? Dang. I didn't know about this till this morning. This is bad. <laughs> yeah, tell was, me what happened. It was red panda halftime NBA freaking finals game showcase. Three. Yes. And she took a dive. Very symbolic it, of LeBron's finals it lately. Was, it was right away in the performance, too. Like the, with, bowl, with bowls no, in play? Or the what, bowls what weren't happened? even out yet. No. She was just on the unicycle. Of course, the new unicycle. The new since unicycle, she had the yeah. one stolen at the end of January That's or something State like that. That's what Golden State fought for her, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's exactly they right. I've heard, one. I've seen reports of a possible knee injury that apparently has been in play too. I, I don't, I haven't confirmed oh. that yet, but I saw that in a headline. So maybe that's an issue, but she's just riding on the unicycle. Looks like she starts to lose her balance, gets right, and then a shoe flies off and she goes Good. down. Put her on the disabled I mean, list. She landed on her feet, got back up on the bike I and, feel- and finished the performance, but. Man, to see Red Panda go down. Can you Actually, imagine? I feel like this is right in the wheelhouse of Judd Zolgad. Once you're past your prime, didn't have some self-awareness. Didn't she announce uh, a year ago or so or more that, that she was done and then decided to come back? And, and then the cycle got stolen and started in motion all these problems? Yeah, that sounds very yeah, familiar. Yeah, it does. I mean, mm-hmm. Red Panda could have gone out on top and disappeared. But you know what? I'm gonna Once again, I'm with Judd on this. What, when you're past your prime, don't subject all of us fans to that, okay? No one at time. Time to hang it up. I don't want to see you get hurt either. No one, it's time to hang it this up. This is sad. This is a sad day. <laughs> this was from the red carpet at the ESPYs, 2017. Uh, if you could imagine, it's hotter outside than Lindsey Vaughn looks today, which is pretty hot. So. Yeah, um... Oh, I just saw this. Okay. Remember who that was? Was that PK yes. Subban? It was PK. Yeah, that is PK. Guess which two were uh-huh. living it up on the red carpet in Nashville last night at the CMT Awards wow. and our Instagram official. Wow, we're Insta official, huh? <laughs> oh, Subban posting all over his Insta page, little hearts. Oh, it's just adorbs. Man, see, I, you know, I'm not sure that relationship, you know, takes hold if He's still in Montreal. Oh, it doesn't. I think the no. Canadians have done him two favors now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Trip to the Stanley Cup Finals a year ago, and now Lindsey Vaughn in his life. I didn't realize she was also showing up at the Nashville Preds playoff games, too, apparently. Now, hold on a second, though. She's from here, so the way I see it, she should move back here now full-time and say, PK, if you want to be with me, guess what? You're going to have to play in Minnesota, and PK demands a trade this is to the, the Wild. I All right. So we she, got, she spends a lot of time in Minnesota. So wait, wait, wait. So we got we got Dumba. I'm gonna give you Dumba. I'm gonna give you uh, Miko. I'll get get him to waive the no move clause. I'll give you a first round pick. I like this idea. I, How, thought, I thought you were gonna say she should dump PK and date a member of the Wild. No, no, Grand, no, no. Grandly? No, I'm saying I want him on the wild. Uh, how uncomfortable is it when she tells her family, "Yeah, I'm really excited to be dating a predator." <laughs> oh wow. You did there. That was uh, wow. I got a strange voicemail. I think it might be. Well, I, I want to play you guys a strange voicemail that I got a couple commercial breaks ago when we come back here. Okay. And then Roy right. Smalley will join us uh, at, at around 11 30. Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. Just have to make a little time to do it. On 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Beginning of the year, they struggled a little bit to find some chemistry, but they're very close friends. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. But I'm weak. And this portion of Mackey and Judd is sponsored by MetaFast. Hey, now on the 1500 ESPN stream player, you could win a digital HD download of Sherlock Gnomes plus a $100 cash card. New today on digital kickoff summer with Sherlock Gnomes, the phenomenal comedy that critics are calling a fun-filled family adventure featuring an all-star cast of voices, including Emily Blunt and James McAvoy. Get Sherlock Gnomes on Voodoo.com now before Blu-ray. It's rated PJ from Paramount Pictures and Metro Goldwyn Mayer Pictures. Head to the 1500 ESPN stream player for details on how you can win. Thank you, Dave. Well, qu- questions in about 10 minutes here, and we already know what the first question is going to be. We'll just still just save it. It's, uh, Judd's all worked up. 
Great question. It's going to be a really Paul good... Paul Molitor's not at Target Field yet for a noon game, and Judge just found out the just, reason let's, why. Let's, so we'll, go okay. to, let's go to your odd voicemail before okay. I, I'm shaking. I'm so upset right Have now. Have you guys ever been contacted by the IRS or audited or... And it, no, the, no. Uh, knock on wood, I have not been because uh, that would be really, really bad. <laughs> because I cheat on my taxes yeah. a lot. Yeah. And I, and I don't want to be. No, I, I, I got a great tax guy, but it would be a pain. But no. All right, because I, I want to play a voicemail for you guys, and I just want you to listen to it and answer the question, should I be worried? <laughs> okay. Should I be worried? I'm just going to put this up to the microphone. Right, Hopefully this works. All right, hold on. Good stuff. This call is officially a final notice from IRS. Internal Revenue Service. <laughs> the reason of this call is to inform you that IRS is filing lawsuits against you. To get more information about this case file, please call immediately on our department number 785-551. No, no, no. I repeat 785. <laughs> okay. Uh... 3219. Thank you. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, ten being <laughs> they're knocking on the studio door right now and I'm going to jail, and one being, okay. That sounds like Work a bad invitation your- <laughs> of Judbot. Yeah, it really does. It's a weak That's one. clearly a scam, right? 100%. Okay. Yeah, so you call, I just want to make sure. you call it and they say, well, to solve this problem, all we need is all, all your credit your social cards, security your number. social security number, <laughs> and your bank account. And that's all we need. That's weird, though. I see a Toyota Corolla being pulled out of our parking lot right funny. now. That is not funny. But that, that, uh, but that incident, which <laughs> if you're new to the show, my car got repossessed one time live on the radio because <laughs> I, I had auto pay turned on and switched to a new lease and thought that the auto pay just carried over and it didn't. And, and threw whatever, away all of the whatever. things that came in your mail to yeah. inform you that they really needed your payment. Yeah, they sent me some snail mail. Uh, so now I'm worried. Like, Bastards. Okay, maybe there was a, something that happened. Did I miss something with my taxes? I don't know. That sounds pretty scammy. That's oh, a no. Scam, right? That's a okay. complete scam. That's a complete scam. <laughs> this is final notice no, bill. <laughs> Listen to this again. Hold on. <laughs> I'm not going, even using proper grammar from the computer voice. And Let's go here. I'm going home to my husband, Jadbot. This call is officially a final notice from IRS. <laughs> from IRS. Internal Revenue Service. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. This call is to inform you that IRS is filing lawsuit against you. <laughs> filing lawsuit. <laughs> filing lawsuit. Oh, the script you is written in broken trouble. <laughs> And by, and by the way, Miguel Sano is playing awful baseball, don't you think, Phil? We know you're a baseball fan. Hello, this is Jack Morris. You weren't allowed to tell that story that I said in the privacy of the press box. Why can't guys throw 200 innings like they used to back in the good old days? 400 innings, 500 innings. Nolan Ryan threw all of the innings. 215 pitches without a problem. I'm filing lawsuit against all starting pitchers. Oh, man. Hello, Jose Barrios. I am suing you. Uh, Judge sent a semi, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It wasn't a panicked email last night. But Judge sent. It was something to keep an eye on. Judge sent a red flag email to me last night saying, hey, I just roamed the clubhouse. And it was already announced last night, Paul Molitor will not be there for the pregame press conference in the morning. Something to keep an eye on. We now know the reason why Paul Molitor. Is he going to be there for the game at noon? Yes, first know? pitch. Yep, no. He'll All be right. there for first pitch. And let's just say it's something that I think Judd is going to take issue with. Questions when we come back with Dave and then Roy Smalley in about a half hour. 
Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That is good news. On 1500 ESPN.